our own Beyond Hello Radio. So there's our own sounds that are curated. So it's this real customer experiential thing that we do to make sure that the experience the customer has when they walk into the store is just fantastic every time. And of course, we train the staff to be get the customer out very quickly, in and out if they want to be in and out, but also spend a lot of time with them if they, if they need their handheld to learn about some new products or whatever it is that they need. Hence the name, Beyond Hello. <laughs> it's great. From the PodConnect studios, high in the Rockies at the beautiful Beaver Creek Resort, it's the Raising Cannabis Capital Show. Today on MJ Bull's Raising Cannabis Capital, we are joined by Jim Cacioppio, the CEO of Juicy Holdings. Jim, welcome to the show. Thanks, Dan. I appreciate the invite. Well, I'm glad you could stop by and give us an update. I guess I want to start off with talking about the public markets because a couple of years, there was a lot of turbulence, which scared a lot of investors away. But Juicy Holding is a publicly traded company, but you've maintained such a high level of investor confidence throughout. Why do you think that is? What do you do different that maintain that level of confidence? You know, I think it's three things. One is we, you know, we have a great management team. We've always been a management first company. We started the company because we didn't think we're a lot of great management teams in the industry. Number two, we have a great footprint in Pennsylvania, Virginia, and Illinois. So it's very concentrated in, in great states. And I think the third thing is we've done a great job of raising equity capital. So we've always been well capitalized company. And so you never had to worry about juicy balance sheet or cash flows or whatever, because we just were always very fortress balance sheet. Yeah. You mentioned the the management and I listened to an interview you did on another podcast and that was what really impressed me was your commitment to management. I owned a large chain of retail stores throughout New York state for about 30 years and hands down, the hardest thing was managing all those moving parts. How is your commitment to management different than other cannabis companies? Well, first, I think that we, we, we think it's important in all areas. So if you look at a retail store, we, we have the retail management. We just supplemented our retail team at the top level with a guy named Brendan Lynch. And he had worked his way up over 17 years to the top of anthropology. And it's been some other places too. Top, top retail guy, very into cannabis. We're super excited. So we always see, keep supplementing the team on the retail side, but the, the, the sort of financial management team as well. You know, we've terms of our budgeting and systems and being able to do cash control security comes in and they have to make sure the cameras are working and IT making sure the fiber works because you without fiber you can't open the store because you need the security cameras and the record for the regulators and then of course the regular folks making sure the store complies with all those sort of regulations and then we have an audit team that comes in and looks at what everything that we've done in that store to make sure we're complying with the regulations and do good cash controls. So it really goes beyond just having a store manager coming in and running the store. It's multifaceted across really the whole corporate team. Yeah, it's uh, some people would look at it and say they're it's it's top heavy, but if you want to get to that level that you that you aspire to, it has to be because there's just so many moving parts. That's Go- a good point, Daniel. It is top heavy now. We have a lot of GNA. But it's not really top-heavy because we have about almost a $200 million revenue run rate right now. And we built out the management team. And with REC coming in Virginia and PA and opening more stores and expanding the growth processors, we're going to be 
far in excess of this size. They've already built out the management team. You really have to get the management team before you get to that operational level. So I would say that it it's, was temporarily top heavy or we're just inflecting past the point where you would consider it, gee, they're not covering their gene egg because we're clearly EBITDA positive now covering all of our expenses. Yeah, I used to call it like no man's land. You had to have the team in place before you could get the stores open, but it was always a little challenge. And then once it became super scalable, and I see that's where you guys are. I'm looking at your retail stores, and I love the name, Beyond Hello. And I've seen on your website, it looks like a super uniform, almost like a franchisable look. Is that an important part of your national strategy? Yeah, we built the look of the store and the uh, really thinking about the customer, all the different customers, really focusing in on what older folks who go in might like, what women uh, who go into the store might like. And, and it, it's really sort of a natural color scheme. Our stores go beyond just the natural wood and the grays and browns. But we also focus in on the smell of the store. We have our own scent, our own candles. We actually sell the candles where we're allowed to. And we have our own Beyond Hello radio. So there's our own sounds that are curated. So it's this real customer experiential thing that we do to make sure that the experience the customer has when they walk into the store is just fantastic every time. And of course, we train the staff to be get the customer out very quickly, in and out if they want to be in and out also spend a lot of time with them if they, if they need their handheld to learn about some new products or whatever it is that they need. Hence the name, Beyond Hello. <laughs> it's great. You're racing to establish a national footprint, and there are a number of ways to do this. You can grow it organically through acquisitions or through mergers. How do you intend to maintain this growth trajectory? We have the strategy of really building out our license footprints very, very methodically and on a really nice pace, not going too fast where we throw up bad stores or a growth process that's underscaled and not perfectly built out. So in Pennsylvania, for instance, we're just about to get to 18, which is the max that we own. Mm-hmm. And really right now, the, the most that anybody owns in the state. And, and we're expanding our grower processor. I think the first quarter of next year, we'll have all the stores open and we'll have the grower processor to a size where we have a decent wholesale business and we can really feed about 30, 35% of our own needs and offer the customer other choices as well. We're doing the same in Virginia. You know, so we're, to, we're behind Pennsylvania. We started building that one out later because the program started later, which is Virginia was a newer program. Mm-hmm. And that one will start really producing again in the first quarter from the scaled up grower process. We'll be a smaller one operating in both states. And then but the stores there will, won't get open fully until the end of 22 or the first quarter of 23. And those states are expected to go wreck. I mean, Virginia is already in the book to go wreck on January 1st of 24. We think they'll bring that forward to January 1st, 23 or even sooner. And we think Pennsylvania, by the end of the year, you're going to see they're going wreck. So we really have to focus on scaling up to do that, both on our rural processors and making sure our stores can handle the increased volumes. So we just have a tremendous amount of organic growth in you know, those two markets. And then what we do is we go into states that we really think are great, where we want to sort of build up. We don't feel pressure because we just have such a great core market. The other thing I didn't mention, we have four stores in Illinois that are the top, store, top 10 stores in Illinois. So oh, wow. we just have a fantastic footprint in Illinois too. And that's fully built out. Uh, and so then we go into these newer states like Ohio is one. We have a growing processor and now we're looking to do retail. They're just putting out applications for more retail. You're allowed to have five. We think it's a great time for us to buy there because everybody else is finished buying. New in Massachusetts, we are closing on a deal. We hope by the end of this month or early next month 
in Massachusetts where we pick up two dispensaries and a great grower processor with fantastic product. And then we're doing the same thing like in Ohio and we're doing that in Nevada and California. So we just go into these states, we start acquiring critical mass. We like our states. We don't feel pressure to grow super fast. We think we have sort of years to get the footprint built out. And the good news is some of our best finance, best managed competitors, they're fully built out almost surely. Where could they go? They're fully built out. Mm -hmm. You know, GTI is getting pretty far along that frontier as well. And Verano is as well. So when you look at the acquirers out there, there's fewer and fewer of us competing with each other. So we love our positioning. It's exciting. My next question was, I was going to ask you, what's the roadmap look like? But you did a good job of explaining it to us. But you mentioned one thing that I just wanted to clarify. You mentioned that you are doing some acquisitions. When you do those acquisitions, do you convert them to your branding or do you stay with the existing brand? Well, it's a kind of a combination of both. You need regulatory approval often to do these things. And also you want to check to see how the customers feel about it. So we don't feel super religious about our brand that we have to go in and do it right away. But our goal is to do it in the long term. Okay. Medium term. Well, that's good to know. I'll have all of Jim's and Juicy's Holdings information in the show notes, including their stock information and their ticker symbol. I don't think there's going to be a better time to get in than now, because I just think the way the industry is going and the way you guys are growing, now is the time. Jim, I appreciate you being on the show today. Let's do this again. Thanks, Dan. Really appreciate it. Thank you. Thanks for listening to today's show. To check out more great cannabis podcasts, go to podconnects.com. Here's a preview of one of our other shows. Hi, y'all. I'm Joe, host of Casually Baked, the podcast. If you're curious to explore the highly responsible side of cannabis, farming, and legalization, I'm here to help lighten the stigma and build your can of confidence. Download episodes now of Casually Baked, the podcast, wherever you listen to podcasts. And journey with me through the evolving cannabis culture and discover how and why people like you are adding cannabis to their wellness toolkit. It's time to get casually baked.